Welcome to another edition of Fly the W670 podcast. My name is Dustin Rhodes. I am the executive producer of the Mully and Haw show on 670 The Score, also the official radio home of the Chicago Cubs. And as always, I am joined by my buddy Crowley. Crowley, good morning. How are you? Doing good. Just a reminder for everybody, you can find us on our socials at Facebook, Fly the W, Instagram, and uh, Twitter, Fly the W670. And you can find us on uh, our email. We actually had our first email the other day. I'll talk you know, later about it, but fly the W670 at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Please subscribe. Pre- please like us. Please comment. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. We're calling this one Ripping the Reds. It is season one, episode 11. Again, this one is called Ripping the Reds. So the Reds have come into town. They have now left town. We've got three games to go over. Game one, unfortunately, Crowley did not go the Cubs' way. They fell in that one. Five to three. Keegan Thompson was on the bump. Tell us how this one went down. Uh, as you know, I was at the game, and there is nothing more frustrating when the team takes two out of three, and the only game you go to is the loss. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm kind of on a rough patch right now here, Dustin. I'm not going to lie, but it was a good pitcher's duel. It was Keegan Thompson versus Luis Castillo. Keep in mind, the, the market, and we talked about this with Kyle Hendricks, the market for starting pitching in the trade deadline, a lot of people are looking around, and there's not a lot. And one name that pops up a lot, you know the Reds did a bigger dump than the Cubs did this last offseason. Luis Castillo is uh, their pitcher. We had a really good old-fashioned pitcher's duel. Uh, Keegan did great, even though the numbers are going to look a little bit off, and I'm going to explain why. Uh, Keegan went 6.1 innings pitched, 8 hits, 4 runs, no walks, 8 Ks. Luis Castillo threw 6 innings, gave up 5 hits, 3 walks, 11 Ks, no runs. Uh, Luis Castillo, though, he threw a career-high 123 pitches and struck out a season-high 11 batters over six scoreless innings. I'm watching the dugout waiting for David Bell to pop up, and they're leaving this guy in. I'm like, I don't know. I I mean, if this guy's your trade bait, 123 pitches is kind of not very common anymore. Yeah, that seemed asinine, Crowley. I was thinking the same thing. If this is the guy, he had shown what he could do. He, he had shown what he could do at the 80 pitch mark, at the 90 pitch mark. And 90 so far has seemed like the magic number, right? 90 pitches is the number unless somebody's got something really special cooking out there on the hill. That's the number where the manager, the pitching coach, jump out of the dugout, you know, have a little slow it down, make sure the bullpen can get ready, and then on two more pitches, the manager comes out and we make the move. So I was shocked by 123, and not that I care that much about the Reds, but it is something that I am curious to see how Castillo responds in his next start after the 123 pitches. Right. I just thought it was crazy, but between these two games, game one and game two, I want to just kind of talk about a really dumb play in game one and a really great defensive play in game two. When you talk about the dumb play, we're the first inning, right? And that's when you can really start to get to a pitcher. When you know the first innings always to me that, that that's when you can kind of maybe catch them before they settle into a rhythm and routine. The Cubs have one out when Rafael Ortega reaches on catcher's interference. So free base, Rafael Ortega's at first. He steals second. Wilson Contreras comes up to the plate. He singles to Almora, who I believe was playing right. And for some reason, Wilson does this massive, he goes right around first like he's going to second. He gets caught in a rundown, and he's trying to get Ortega to get in a rundown between third and home. So now they're going after Ortega, and Wilson eventually reaches third. But instead of having first and third and one out, 
you have Wilson at third and two outs and they don't score a run. And it was just, I love Wilson. Just sometimes some of those base path moves are just ignorant. Yeah, that was definitely on him. It was really weird. It was a really weird call on 670 to the score. The guys had a hard time even trying to figure out, you know, who was who was in the right, who was in the wrong, and then they, they tried to explain it for the scorecards, you know, which, which, which direction that one went. It was a really weird, odd play. I don't know that it factored in in the end result of that one, but you're right, Crawley. It was a very odd play. So take us through the rest of this one. How did the Cubs get on the board and uh, – and then we'll move into game two. Well, it took a little while to get on the board, but the third inning, Rivas and Bodie both reached on singles, but Castillo st- shuts down the uh, rally by striking out the rest of the side in order. So he struck out the next three hitters, and that was uh, a stretch of six consecutive strikeouts Luis Castillo had. So he was on. Now, Keegan only gave up three hits in the first five innings, which was good, but you start to see, and this is normal with Keegan. Again, he wasn't prepared to be a starter this season. They expected him to be in a bullpen role. Around the sixth inning, uh, top of the sixth with one out, he gives up a a one-out double to Brandon Jury, who had a great series. Um, And so that was with one on and one out. He doubles, and Jonathan India scores, so they're up one nothing. Then uh, Keegan throws a wild pitch, moving Jury to third. Donovan Solano hits a ground rule double the Cubs trail to nothing and he gets out of the inning but you could see by that double that Drury hit and the wild pitch that to me it looked like Keegan was done so I'm like okay you know uh six innings no big deal gave up two runs but Ross trots him out in the bottom of the seventh and he gives up uh in the bottom of the six I'm sorry they're down two nothing uh Ortega walks Contrera walks so you got two on Hap lines out, Wisdom strikes out, Forner singles, so you have the bases loaded two outs, but Gomes lines out and the inning's over. So this takes us to the top of the seventh, where I thought Keegan was not going to come out, but he does. He gets one out from uh, Max Schrock flying out, but then gave up singles to Almora and Nick Senzel. Um, With two out, two on, for some odd reason, David Ross thinks it's going to be a great idea to bring in (laughs) Rowan Wick. And I have no idea what the thought process is here. He gets uh, Aramis Garcia to strike out, but then Jonathan India hits a three-run homer to put the uh, Reds up five nothing. In Wilson's, in, I'm sorry, in, in Wicks, in Rowan Wicks' last 14 appearances going back to May 26, he has an ERA of 8.36. Maybe David Ross, you don't use him in high leverage situations anymore. Yeah, and this gets into the whole idea, Crowley, about winning. Okay, are, are the Cubs looking to win the games, or is this about player development? I think it also gets into the question of why we saw Keegan come back out in the seventh. Now, if the game air quotes really mattered, if if you were competing to play for the wild card, if you were competing for the division. That might have been a situation where you would not have brought Keegan Thompson back out to face the lineup for that third time, right? Maybe if the game mattered, you wouldn't have gone to Wick, who's got, as you pointed out, an 8.36 ERA since late May. Maybe you would have went with somebody else. But now the Cubs are trying to develop guys, and they're trying to see if Wick can perform in, as you just said, a high-leverage situation. Maybe that's what it is, but it's hard as fans to decide whether or not you want to roll with the development of players and then lose games that you potentially could and should win. 
I saw, to me, I saw Keegan out of gas. I didn't think he should have come out for the seventh. I know maybe you're trying to push him a little bit forward, but he was clearly, in my opinion, done. And again, you have a full bullpen. Rowan Wick is not the guy to call. Now, now give him a couple low leverage starts, and if he works his way back into the circle of David Ross trust, yeah, then you can put him <laughs> back out there. But but this is this is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I agree uh, with you, but you can see what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. it's, it's a it's a player development versus wins and loss type of situation, I think. I, I can see it as far as Keegan, seeing if you can get a little bit more and keep pushing and stretching him out. That I get. I don't get Wick when he's been struggling absolutely just unreal lately and uh trust me he comes back in this series so we'll talk a little bit more about him but in the bottom of the seventh joel cunell replaces castillo the cubs are ecstatic uh rivas stingles bodie's hit by a pitch morell doubles rivas scores uh and bodie goes to third so the cubs trail five to one ortega grounds out but bodie scores so that makes it five two uh, and then Contreras singles, and now the Cubs are only down five three. So you're still with you're in striking distance, and that was I guess was my whole point is they came back, and if and if it wasn't for uh, that three run home run, now you have the lead. But that is what it is. Um, but by keeping Keegan into that seventh, it changed a six inning pitch two earned run night into a six inning pitched four or six point one inning pitch four earned run night. So those two runs that he put him on. He got charged on that India home run. Uh, the good news, though, is that happened wisdom, or I'm sorry, more bad news for you here. Happened wisdom, there were four and five hitters, went 0 for 9 with 5Ks and 8 left on base. Um, yeah, I don't know that the Ian Hap for the All Star Game t shirts by Avia Shirts is going to work after that game. That, that left a little bit of a mark for me. That one hurt. And then, but Nico, we'll talk more about him. He went three for four and he's just looking really good. He is having a great season Crowley I like him a lot but we had a good debate on the Mully and Haw show earlier this week and talked about the fact like is Nico's role with the next great Cubs team even next good Cubs team as the shortstop or is he a second baseman something that we should probably talk about later on maybe not today but maybe we tease that let that hang maybe our subscribers and listeners want to get involved via email or social media on that one where would you want to see nico horner moving forward and have you already forgotten about nick madrigal <laughs> who um who yeah <laughs> game two the cubs win eight to three i'm not there and the party starts uh justin Steele, <laughs> the cubs uh, young ace and hunter green who is in the you can see with the guys at the at the Reds throughout set, uh, game two and game three, they're kind of in the same boat with the Cubs. They got some really good-looking young pitching. It's just not 100% ready yet. You know what I mean? You know Hunter Green. I mean, that guy throws harder than anyone in the game. You don't see starters throwing 102 miles per hour. That's not normal. But guess what? The Cubs were able to get him. Yeah, they got him all right. That was Crowley, I, I got to tell you. We're going to get to Game 3 in a little bit, but Game 2, that was about as fun of a game as I watched in a long time. I, I We're going to get to the play eventually. I mean, I that was there was some jumping off the couch, yelling things out, checking out social media, retweeting stuff. I, I was looking for somebody to fist bump and to cheers a beer with during this one. Well, an uh, uh, interesting stat that Pat Hughes brought up when I was listening to 670 The Score, listening to Pat and Ron, the Cubs had eight hits in the game. Seven of the eight hits were extra base hits. They only had one single out of eight hits. Right. Five uh, doubles, two home runs, one single. 
Bottom of the first, RBI double by Hap to score Wilson Gutierrez, and that leads one to nothing. And Pat Hughes always brings up, you know, potential turning point moments or, or, or plays that I feel kind of change momentum. And I talked about game one, that stupid base running error by Wilson, how that might have changed things. But in this game, in the top of the fourth, the Cubs have a one nothing lead, one out. Tommy Pham has a single. He steals second. Votto walks. And, and now you got runners at first and second with one out. Kyle Farmer singles. And Tommy Pham is really fast. Okay, but he only is held to a single and the bases are loaded with one out. Donovan Solano lines into the old 8-2 double play. The ball gets lined to Morrell, who guns it to Contreras to throw out Tommy Pham. And so in those two plays right there, the, 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 the holding Pham to keeping him at third, Nelson Velasquez threw the ball in at 94.4 miles per hour to the infield from right. So he hits the cutoff man going 94.4. So that kept a run from scoring and tying the game. And Morrell's throw to Wilson was 97.3 miles per hour. That was such a great play, Crowley. So it's the it's the it's the throw. It's then the the, the tag by Contreras. You've got Justin Steele backing the play up. I thought Marquis did a wonderful job with the replay, the the high def camera, uh, and you didn't need to be any kind of a specialty rip lip reader, if you will, to see what Justin Steele. I mean, that guy was so pumped up. And before the game, before this one started, we had David Ross dropping Morrell in the lineup, so he went from batting leadoff. Struck out too many times for everybody's liking. Now he's batting ninth, and they wanted to take the pressure off him. And boy, does the pressure seem to be off Christopher Morrell, who is playing this game like he is seeing the ball like a beach ball right now. Well, in the last episode, I, I talked about this, about how the pitchers seem to have figured out Morrell, and he's going to have to adjust. So kudos for David Ross moving him down in the lineup. It looks like it was the right move. And once we get through game three, now we got a question of whether you put Morrell back at the top or you leave him in the ninth. We'll see. But this game was just so much fun. Uh, in the bottom of the fourth, after that great, those great defensive plays, back-to-back walks to uh, happen. Wisdom. Horner had a two-run RBI double. And then in the fifth inning, Wilson Contreras homers Morrell along for the ride. The Cubs are up 5 nothing. Uh, and so you're, you're sitting here in the top of the sixth, Again, Justin Steele, who you didn't know if he was going to start. And these are when you see Steele and Keegan get tired right around the sixth, seventh inning. Uh, Drury singles, Fam walks, Votto doubles. So that scores Drury, and the Cubs are up 5-1. And you got runners at second and third, no outs. Okay, You get a single here, it's a 5-3. It's a different ball game. Hats off to Scott Efros, who comes into the game, no outs, runners at second and third, and he puts out the fire. Kyle Farmer lines out to Bodie. Donovan Solano strikes out swinging. And our old friend Albert Almora grounds out. And so <laughs> the Cubs, like I said, keep that 5-1 to one lead. Bottom of the sixth inning, Morrell homers. The Cubs lead 7-1. to one. Game over pretty much. They win 8-3 to three final. Yep, the party was on, and we got to fly the W finally in this series. I was hoping for a sweep, but now it's 1-1. The series is even. We had game three last night. Kyle Hendricks back on the bump, coming off a really impressive outing in his last trip. So the question was, could Hendricks put another good game together back-to-back in game three? How did this one go, Crowley? Yeah, the Cubs, a big party again. They win 15-7. to 
Hendricks had a great outing, and, and, and it makes such a difference when you got some offensive backing, you know what I mean? But uh, we were facing Graham Ashcroft, who is another young stud pitcher that Cincinnati has. Again, they're going to have these type of games. But Hendricks went six innings pitch, gave up six hits, two runs, one walk, seven Ks. Joey Votto continues to own him. He had a solo home run. Um, the Cubs' offense was the story here, though. They scored in every inning except the fourth and the fifth. Wisdom went three for six with two home runs, including a second inning grand slam, which the Reds never came back from. He had six RBIs, a stolen base. Morrell in the ninth spot, five for five with a home run, three runs, two RBIs. Higgins went three for five with the home run, two RBIs. Horner went three for six with two runs. Phenomenal. And when you look at this one, Wisdom is the second Cubs player with two home runs, six RBIs, and a stolen base in a game since RBIs became an official stat in 1920. The only other Cub to ever do it was Andre Dawson, June 2nd, 1987, versus the Astros in his MVP year. That's a uh, great. That's a great stat right there. That is that is unbelievable. <laughs> it, it truly was. And then Morell's, like you talked about earlier, he gets dropped to the ninth spot after the first. First game of the series, he was, in, he was still batting leadoff. So this was the first time since May 24th he hadn't bat leadoff. And he, like you said, the Ks were an issue. They were figuring him out. They were giving a steady diet of off-speed pitches. He had 32 Ks in his previous 69 appearances in the leadoff spot. In the last two games, in the ninth spot of the order, he went 7-for-9 with four singles, two doubles, and two home runs. Crowley, I want to answer the question you put out there. I would leave him. I would leave him right where he is for right now. Leave him right where he is. Let Ortega bat lead off. Let Morrell settle in again. I, I, I'd leave him right, right there. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of leaning that way too. Just let as long as you got the hot hand, just let it ride. If he seems comfortable there, but. Uh, on a scary note in the game, you had uh, Nico and Bodie. It was a shift on Votto, and uh, the ball kind of came in between them, and they collided, and it uh, looked like Bodie took the brunt of it, and it looked like his shoulder was bothering him, that same shoulder that had him out for so long. And so he was pulled out of the game precautionary. Uh, he finished the inning, but it, it's something to kind of keep a look at. Andrelton Simmons would be who I, you know, obviously Jonathan BR has been DFA'd, but we'll see what happens there, and we'll see if, it's hard to put Morell in second base when you see him throwing the ball 97 mile per hour to the to the catcher. But uh, as I mentioned, Rowan Wick in the last 15 games, zero wins, one loss, a nine ERA, 15 inning pitch, 25 hits, 15 earned runs, seven walks, and 13 Ks. You just, you gotta you cannot keep this guy in here except for very low leverage situations. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's not good. That that's that's officially those stats, Crowley. That's officially means not good. And he was in game three at garbage time and still got hit like a piñata, so no good. No good at all. Earlier we joked around, I mentioned the name Nick Madrigal, and you said who. Somebody else's name who we haven't heard a lot about, but we're going to start talking about quite frequently, Seiya Suzuki. So he was out on the farm in Iowa. What kind of a night did he have for the Iowa Cubs? Not a bad night for Seiya Suzuki. He went two for two with an RBI single and a home run, so... Uh, hopefully, you know, he, he puts in a ton of work. The guy, the guy really works hard, and uh, hopefully he'll be back to Chicago sooner rather than later. But seeing him on the field facing pitchers, and again, AAA pitchers, but pitchers nonetheless, it, it was a great sign. And to see him 
right away just jump back into it. Was something he's got to be eligible, right? He could come back to the Cubs at any moment, correct? Absolutely, yeah. He's All right. Any any right. thought that as we head into the weekend, the Red Sox are in town, any chance say is in right field batting third or fourth for the Cubs? Uh, you might see him in game three, I would think. You know, that's, okay. that's definitely well, that's a possibility, something to, so... That's something to keep an eye on. Just another reason to check in with us next week when we uh, are wrapping up the uh, Red Sox series.